0: Today is a special Sunday, uh, MW Sunday, and as uh, Angela has shared with us, the theme of uh, for the year for MW is Dignity and Strength, taken from the book of Proverbs, but I'm not sharing from the book of Proverbs. Dignity and Strength, I think before we could actually address that topic or that the topic on dignity and strength, I think it is important that we first and foremost deal with our identity in Christ, because it is, in, it is through our identity in Christ that uh, we have our dignity and we have our, the strength to uh, pursue our lives, uh, not just for the ladies, but also for all people, I believe. So, let us go to God in practice. Father God, as we look to your word this morning, may your word encourage each one of us this morning. Open our ears, Lord, open our eyes and open our hearts, Lord, to receive from you. In Jesus' most precious name, we ask and we pray. Amen. I would like to begin with this story, and and this story, actually, I found it online. This is the story. While walking through a forest one day, a farmer found a young eagle who had fallen off his nest. The farmer took the poor eagle home, nursed it, and put it in his barnyard. At soon, and soon, it learned to eat and behave like the chickens. One day, the farmer's friend came to visit, and he saw this young eagle, and he asked, why is it that the king of all birds should be confined to live in the barnyard with the chickens? The farmer replies, you know, and, and that since he had given Uh, Given the young eagle chicken food And has trained it to be a chicken It never really learned to fly It behaves so much like a chicken That it is no longer an eagle And so this friend was not very satisfied with this answer And so he says, but still It has the heart of an eagle And and can surely be taught how to fly. And so he lifted this friend of his, he lifted the eagle, the young eagle, towards the sky and said, you belong to the sky, not the earth. Stretch forth your wings and fly. The eagle, however, was so confused, it did not know who it was, and seeing the chickens eating their food, it jumped back down to the ground to join the chickens. The friend then took the young eagle to the roof of the house and urged it again, saying, you are an eagle. Stretch forth your wings and fly. But the eagle was afraid to, of his unknown self and world. And he looked down and saw the chickens, and it jumped back to the ground and joined the chickens. And finally, the friend decided to take the eagle out of the barnyard to a high mountain, and there he held the king of the bird high above him and encouraged it one more time. You are an eagle; you belong to the sky. Stretch forth your wings and fly. The eagle looked around. He looked way down, and then he looked up again to the sky, back forth, back and forth, back and forth. No choice, lah. Huh? Up in the mountain, ready, right began to tremble and it slowly stretched forth its wings and with a loud cry, soared away into the heavens. It may be that the eagle still remembers the chicken. It may be that occasionally the eagle will come visit the chickens. But as far as anyone knows, it never returned to lead a life of a chicken. You know, this story speaks to us about our identity. Most of the time, just like what we see happening here in this story, you know, this young eagle, this young eagle's identity was defined by what the farmer was feeding it and teaching it. Just like that, you know, our circumstances, our upbringing, our culture, our education, or even the social media defines our identity And I remember reading Something about Meghan Markle You know who this Wait You know who this is Who is she ah huh? Who is she Huh, huh? Okay Ah uh, uh, yes Harry's wife Yeah Okay and and you know Uh, You know, days leading up to the royal wedding, there were some stories about her life uh, that was being told, you know, in Facebook and in in social media, all right? And I remember reading uh, reading about a remarkable thing that she did when she was just 11 years old. And I think some of you would know that story. And at the age of 11, she fought for equality because she wasn't going to allow an advertisement to define the role of a woman. And so Megan pro- protested against an advertisement for a, for a there was an advertisement of a dishwasher. All right? in, in, in the dishwasher, the advertisement claims that women all over America is fighting greasy pots and pans. And Megan, he, she was watching this advert together with some of her friends and she felt that the phrase, this phrase, women all over America is fighting greasy pots and pans, was odd because she feels that doing dishes is not exclusively a woman's chore. And so on top of that, two of her classmates who were boys, who were with her, with them watching, was teasing the girl says, yeah, women belong to the kitchen, and so Megan felt that she needed to do something about it. And, by, and being encouraged by her dad, actually, her dad, Megan actually wrote letters. And she wrote letters to the, this, this uh, dishwashing company. I think it was uh, ProTech and Gamble, something like that. They wrote to that company, and then she wrote to the to the then first lady, Hillary Clinton, and then apparently she wrote to a journalist, and she, she just wrote all these letters to express what she felt about the adver- what the advertisement was implying. All right? Within a month of her letter, the company changed the wording of that phrase in the advertisement. The phrase, women all over America is fighting greasy pots and pans, they removed the word women and replaced it with the word people. People all over America is fighting greasy pots and pans. So here is is a young girl who refused to allow an advertisement to give a definition to her identity. Now, if I were to ask all of us a question, what or who defines you or us and me, right, what would be your answer? In the Gospel, we find numerous encounters whereby Jesus redefined the identity of humanity again and again through his various encounters with various people from different walks of life. Today is Methodist Women's Sunday And we want to take this opportunity to celebrate the women and to encourage them through the Word of God. And so in the Bible, yes, we find Jesus encountering both men and women. But today we will look at those passages whereby Jesus encounters women. And and in the Bible, we find that God treats women with dignity and honor. Take, for example, in the Gospel of Luke, right? Luke chapter 1. Okay. In Luke chapter 1, we find the story where the birth of Jesus was foretold. In Luke chapter 1, Mary, the mother of Jesus, was introduced into the scene, and she was described as a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph who was a descendant of David. And so an angel comes to her and look, and just look at how the angel greets her. Alright. Just look at how the angel greets her. It says, the angel went to her and said, greetings you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. You who are highly favoured. And look at how Mary felt when she heard that verse in verse 29. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of a greeting this might be. You know, my dear friends, women during those times are not seen as favoured. Not to mention highly favoured. We will find that women during those times were severely discriminated. They were severely oppressed, and they were treated most like objects, most of the time. So the attitude towards women at that time frequently demeans a women. And so coming from that kind of a background, Mary was probably hearing something that was alien to her. Greetings, you who are highly favored, and she wondered what kind of a greeting this might be. You now she probably tried to clean her ears. Oh, what did you say? You who are highly favored, and I believe that it was not only during those times that women struggled with these issues, but women currently and presently also do struggle with such issues. Many women, I believe, feel trapped in the image that people have imposed upon them, and they no longer live in the freedom of being created in the image of God. And so today we are going to look at how Jesus treats women in the Bible, and throughout the Gospels, we find that Jesus encountered numerous women, as I've said, he met and ministered to many women, and we will look at three examples three examples of how Jesus treated women with utmost dignity and honor. The first is taken from Luke chapter 10, verses 38 to 42. It is a story of Jesus at the home of Mary and Martha. Here we find two women, Mary and Martha. They are both sisters, and they were both operating very differently. Martha was operating very much in the manner in which her culture defines her. She prepares the food, she serves her guests, she belongs to the kitchen. She was operating in the manner which her culture defines her. Mary, on the other hand, was operating in the manner that was totally opposite of what the culture expects of her. She finds herself a place at the feet of Jesus, and she sits there listening to Jesus. Now, we must understand that Jesus is a teacher. He is a rabbi and he has disciples who are his followers. And in those days, in those days, a rabbi is not allowed to teach a woman. Those days. That's the culture. Rabbis are not allowed to teach women and they are not allowed to even speak to a woman. Here, Jesus allowed Mary to sit at his feet And what was she doing? She was listening to Jesus. Mary was sitting at the feet of Jesus, listening to what Jesus was teaching or saying. He allowed her to do that, and he not only allowed her to do that, he commended her for doing that. Because in the passage, we will find that Martha got so annoyed and angry that her sister was not helping her. She comes to Jesus and says to him, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Jesus, instead of instructing Mary to help Martha, which is what the culture would expect of her, instead of doing that, we find Jesus commands Mary and he says this. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. In doing this, Jesus elevated the status of a women. Women are not allowed to, to, to sit at the feet of a rabbi. A rabbi is not allowed to teach and speak to a woman. And so by doing this, Jesus set the women at that time free to follow after him, which was not a common practice at all. That's the first example. The second example from scripture whereby Jesus elevates the status of a woman is seen in Luke 21 verses 1 to 4. In this passage, Jesus uses a woman, in fact, he uses a widow as a central figure in his teaching. Here, Jesus was teaching about an act of worship. Offering is an act of worship. Although it is something that we do week in, week out, let us always remember that offering is an act of worship. The attitude behind that act of giving speaks volume about our act of worship unto God. And so here, Jesus is in a temple... And he sees what is happening in the temple first he sees the rich putting in their gifts into the temple treasury and secondly he also at the same time saw a poor widow putting in two very small copper coins and he uses her to bring across a message there's this message that he was trying to teach his disciples and he says i tell you the truth This poor widow has put in more than all the other. All these people gave their gifts out of their wealth, but she, out of her poverty, put in all that she had to live on. So Jesus is teaching about the heart of giving. He's teaching about the heart of worship, which we will look at in another occasion. But for now, today, I would just like us to take note of the fact that Jesus used a poor widow as an example to teach an important lesson. By doing this, Jesus elevated the status of a widow. You know, at that time, widow is a nobody. Here, the widow is described as poor. So, this is, so here, she's, she's a widow and she's poor. And so most likely, she may not even have a son to provide for her. In those days, a woman who has lost her husband has no identity at all. A woman who has lost her husband and has no son is considered doomed. But here, Jesus pays so much attention on a poor widow when no one else would actually look at. By pointing at the widow, Jesus turned the attention of his disciples towards the women. It is like Jesus is saying, look at that woman, look at what she's doing, pay attention to her, she's doing something pleasing in the eyes of God. By doing this, Jesus once again elevated the status of a woman in that culture. Moving on to the third example, we will find that Jesus made women the bearer of good news. Now, what do I mean by this? If you look at John chapter 20, in John 20, we find the story of Jesus' resurrection. And we will find that Jesus appeared first to Mary Magdalene. And we will also find that Jesus gives a particular instruction to her. Look at verses 17. Jesus says, Do not hold on to me, for I have not yet returned to the Father. Go instead to my brothers and tell them, I am returning to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. And Jesus says this because... He says this, do not hold on to me for is because Mary got a little bit more, a little bit excited when she saw Jesus. You know, and she wanted to like jump on him. And he said, Hey, wait, 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 wait. <laughs> Don't touch me. <laughs> Don't hold on to me, for I have not yet returned. And he then gives her this instruction. Now I want to ask her, especially the women here. It's met this Women's Sunday, yeah? Huh? So I'm gonna ask especially the women, yeah. Do you have any idea what this could have mean to the women at that time? Do you have any idea what this could have mean to the women at that time? And I want us to keep the background info that we know about how women at that time is treated and considered. Keep at the back of your mind, at that time, women are considered nothing or rather nobody. Keep at the back of your mind that at that time, women are severely discriminated. Keep at the back of your mind that women at that time are severely oppressed. They are treated like objects. The culture demeans the status or identity of a woman at that time. When Jesus revealed himself to Mary Magdalene, a woman, Jesus dismissed all discrimination towards women. By revealing himself first to a woman, Jesus put an end to the whole notion that women are considered second class or even third class at that time. He puts an end to the notion that women are considered unimportant. Now, I want us to imagine further Mary Magdalene is obviously excited cuz she just just met the risen savior. And she receives this instruction, Mary go and tell my brothers. Okay? And she does exactly what Jesus tells her to do. Look at verse 18. Mary Magdalene went to the disciples with the news I have seen the Lord, and she told them that he had what he had said. Then she told them that he had said these things to her. But if you look at the text, right, we don't find any responses recorded there. It's like as if the disciples enjoy, like, never, never, never say any, no response, no, no, you don't find it, right? It ends in verses 18, and the next scene that we see is actually the text just ends there and shifts to the next scene where Jesus himself appears to the disciples. You know, Mary Magdalene comes from a culture whereby words from a woman has no weight at that time. You can say what you want to say, but they won't listen one. No weight. Jesus simply reverses that by giving an important message for a woman to deliver. You know, friends, this is how Jesus looks at us. Not just the women in particular, but the truth is Jesus looks at all people with dignity and honor. Today we focus on the passages that speaks about Jesus' encounter with the women. Today we focused on that. But nevertheless, I want to encourage all people here, men included. God sees each one of us as precious sons and precious daughters. I have put two questions for all of us to think, reflect, and act on it. And these questions, I believe, are not just for the women, but I think all of us, all of us can use these questions. And the first is, how does the way Jesus looks at us make a difference in our lives? You know, we live in a culture of shame and honour. We sometimes unintentionally shame people by the way we relate to them. Jesus never shames us. He sees us with dignity and honor. And how would that make a difference in the way you live your life? The second question is how can we be bearers of good news to the people around us? You know, it is true that God chose the men to be the apostles. But nevertheless, He also chose the women to bear the good news, just like how we see happening here with Mary Magdalene. And in the conclusion I have put here, would we make a choice today to be seen through the eyes of Jesus? This question is to all of us. Would we make a choice today to be seen through the eyes of Jesus? You know, I started my sharing with the story of eagle and chicken, correct? Eagle and chicken. In the farmer's eyesight, the eagle was just an animal. I saved you. I feed you, you be what I want you to be, to my convenience. I saved you, I feed you, you be what I want you to be, in my convenience. But can we make a conscious conscious decision to be seen through the eyes of Jesus? In the eyes of Jesus, we are made in the image of God. In the eyes of Jesus is, I died for you, I saved you so that you can be free to live the life that my Father created you to be. In Genesis, it says, so God created men in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. In the eyes of Jesus, Jesus says, I died for you. I saved you so that you can be free to live the life that my father has created you to be. May these words encourage us in our walk with Him. Let us pray.